What's going on, everybody? It's, uh, it's me, Ethan, here reporting from my patio in Hollywood, California. And uh, I just want to give a disclaimer uh, to this episode. Um, we share a meal while recording, and uh, I thought it would be funny at the time. I thought it would be cool, but quite frankly, it's... Uh, this is one of the hardest episodes I had to sit through to edit. Um, so I apologize if you're not prone to chewing noises <laughs> and uh, sipping on drinks and stuff like that. Uh, we picked really horribly sounding foods to eat during recording this podcast. And uh, if you can't listen, I understand. Uh, I promise not to do it next episode. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, if you don't care about that stuff, please enjoy. Um, yeah, it's it's gross, and I'm sorry. Enjoy. Ethan, do you have a do you have a fork I could use? Jesus, Ethan. Yeah. Are we sure this is chicken? Yes. I sure hope so. It's just such a weird like. It's good. Mm. It's just like different. I've never actually had those strips before. Thank you, sir. I um. Why did you guys decide to go with strips this time? Well, I'm I'm not doing strips. I got strips. I don't like fried chicken when there's bones in it. I agree it's with hard, you. It's, it's hard to eat. That's how you that's, see. That's Evelyn, what chicken is. Evelyn tells me that like you don't know how to eat chicken if you <laughs> if you don't eat it with you, bones. Yeah, but they she's like, this, but she gets it because she does the same thing I do. You know, where I, we just, just get boneless. When I order fried chicken, they give me this big ball of chicken meat with bones in it. Yeah, and I'm like, how do I eat around the bones? I feel like just eat the bones. I'm scared of like choking on the bones. <laughs> I don't know. Is this so funny? Yeah. Welcome back to Stacked, everybody. <laughs> um, Didn't see you there. Did not see you there because you're in the middle of the table right now. Um, yeah, we're back. We're back together. In oh, wait, you're already rolling. Yeah. We're rolling. Oh, shit. Hi, guys. We <laughs> <laughs> had no idea. I just, I just press record because, you know, that's the way the show works now. We're just hanging out. Yeah. Talking. Talking about movies. What's this orange shit? That's the that's the uh, creamy sriracha. Oh, that I like that. It. I like that. And then this is gravy. You said it's just like yeah, it's it's Jollibee's gravy. gravy. Um, hi everyone. For anyone who doesn't know, if we sound a little funny today, it's because we're actually all in the same room. Uh, yeah, we thought we'd do a little impromptu movie night. Um, we're doing a little slumber party, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. We're just gonna we're gonna have our little food. We we got Jollibee is on the menu for tonight. Yes. Um, for anyone listening, I, I'm a, I am the Filipino of the group, so I encourage them to give this a shot. And Ethan, oh wait, I thought you already plowed through your chicken. Um, but yeah, uh, reviews, like reviews, gentlemen. This what looks like fried. I haven't had the chicken yet. Fried shrimp, man. Yeah. It does look like shrimp. These strips look like tempura shrimp. Yeah, I will say, like, um, for anyone listening, Jollibee is a Filipino fast food, but it's heavily American inspired. Um, so Brandon and Ethan are both having some fries with chicken tenders or chicken strips, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I'm having my usual of uh, two pieces of chicken with spaghetti. Look at that. Bam. That's a monster dish. Hell yeah. Leftovers? Man, nah, I'm going to plow through this. He's going to plow through mm. it. But, um, but yeah, so we're just going to sit down together tonight and just have a little talk. Yeah. Um, who's... Who's, uh, whose idea was this this week's topic? It was not me. It was me. Yeah. This yeah. was my idea. All right. So, um, let's see. This is coming out next week. Uh, Which is a week late, right? 
Yeah. Mm. Well, there's Wait. the After Hours came out last week. Oh yeah. yeah. I haven't edited it yet, but I I'm going to do it tomorrow. Don't worry, <laughs> I'm going to do it tomorrow. Um. Yeah. So, by the time this comes out, the movie will already be in theaters. Um, Hooray! Hooray! It's eighty for Brady. We're celebrating yeah. this episode. We're we're talking about old people movies. <laughs> movies about now. I know there's some listeners who find this offensive. No, about fogies. <laughs> they don't like it when I call them fogies. You can't stare me in the eye when you say it. I know. I'm not. You didn't have to say that. He's provoking me. I'm not provoking you. <laughs> I know Brandon's an old soul at heart. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> See, he's jolly old. Jolly B. Jolly old Jolly B. Jolly old Jolly B. Um, where's my picks? Okay, there it is. Nobody, nobody look at my list. Um, Everybody look at his list. Yeah, so just to celebrate old people going out and having fun, you know, um, we're going to be talking about the best movies about old people. <laughs> not necessarily having fun. Mm-mm. They they could be not having fun. They they'd be, be having the most fun. They'd be having the most fun. They could be seeing the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. No, we haven't. None of us. None have of us seen, seen it yet. We're all gonna go out and see it sometime next week. I mm-hmm. assume. I'm sure. Um, go to the girls' night out screenings. For yeah. Did you notice? Okay. Like on the AMC app, there's like girls' night out. Then there's BFF night out. And they're just date night out. Like, there's all these different events for, like, the pre-screenings of this movie. But also, I've heard, like... And I don't know if this is becoming a thing because we haven't been in movie theaters for a while. And everybody's just feeling extra grateful to go to, like, smaller movies and theaters. But, like, people are enjoying this movie. And I'm, like, I'm worried. Because people are enjoying Megan. We, we all, That's true. We all know how we feel about that. Oh. Watch January movies. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. But it, it's a good sign. Yeah, it's like... I'm happy theaters are doing okay, hopefully. Yeah. But I wish, I wish that they were doing better during award season, not uh, January. Babylon, R.I.P. R.I.P. Babylon. So sad. Um, yeah. What is with it? What's it with Babylon? No, just with oh. People just like be, people be seeing movies right now. I mean, know? that's Puss good. Boots is like ten million dollars in its fifth week for release. Skin of a Rig's doing great. Well, yeah. relative for their budget. Yeah. Avatar's doing great still. Yeah, they're still going strong. Where's that money? <laughs> Minus uh, my parents. Who hate it. Who hate, Who hate it. it. And I haven't told you this yet, Brandon, because I just found this out. They actually walked out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> when when Loak was talking to the whale, they, that's when they said, we're done. And um, that's where you said, we're in. <laughs> Honestly, Honestly, that was. I was like, I'm in. (laughs) But, you know, I don't know. My parents hated the dialogue. That was their thing. Eh, It's James Cameron. And I'm like, I get that. And I tried to tell them, it's like, it's simple story, simple dialogue, because it's a visual experience. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going into Avatar for, but... They didn't even think the visuals were that great. See, I was talking to my coworkers who are like, I would say general moviegoers yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of like what their tastes are. And I've heard mixed things. Some people have hated Skinnering. They think it's like the worst thing that's ever happened. I get that, honestly. I can see why that would work for everyone. Yeah. I totally understand why people hate that movie, but it, I like it. They don't really like Megan either, which makes thankful. thankful. I'm so thankful, you know, that that's sort of translating. And I think everybody's kind of hate watching it at this point. Yeah. Or just watching it. Because it's Bird's Camp. Yeah. 
And then, but their their biggest favorites are Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Everybody, I think everybody, everybody likes it. Yeah, everybody. Likes <laughs> we're it. like we're like it's all right. It's good. Yeah, it's even fun. like like even people who aren't the world be fan of it. Nobody. I haven't heard anyone like who dislike it. it but you know? like every single person I've talked to has loved Avatar. Yeah. Every single one. They're like either if it's just the visuals. There was a I was in Dispatch. At Supreme Scream, and I was talking to one of my associates because I was off tower, mm-hmm. and she was like, "You know what movie I really loved?" Because they all know I really like. And we're so so glad. And then she's like, "Avatar: The Way of Water." That movie made me ugly cry like I've never cried before in a movie. And I was like, "Oh, I know what you're talking about." Made me cry too. Yeah. And I was like, "Really?" And she's like, "Yeah, three or four times." Wow. And I was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Did you like the first one?" And she was like, "Hmm." Eh, it's fine. But also, like, I bet because most of the people who work at, like, the ride as, like, first-time operators, because it's a starter, uh-huh. they're around the age when, like, they're probably, like, four or five, maybe even not born. <laughs> that movie came out, I That's swear. fucking crazy. Well, not born, but not cognizant to go to the not movie. <laughs> How old were they? Like, seven-year-olds. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. 13-year-olds were. <laughs> that's, like, how long it's been. Wow. But it's... It's crazy that like they're like they weren't even conscious when the first one came out and they're loving this movie so much. Yeah, yeah. Makes me think, oh, I'm an old fogey. You know what makes me an old fogey? What? Okay, this is semi-related to old people. Okay. Um, because we're talking about how old we are. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get the show back on track. <laughs> um, I hope I helped with that. So the new Superman movie. Sure. The new, there's a new Superman movie coming out, mm-hmm. right? Well, in 2025, okay. it's coming out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they want the Superman in that movie to be 25 years old. Who is that? Who's who's going to play him? I don't know, but the thing is, thinking about Superman being older than me when I go see the movie is really tripping me out. You mean younger than you? Oh, yeah, younger. Sorry. <laughs> Having him be he's gonna be like a year or two. He's gonna be a year or two younger than me when I go see that movie. That is a and that's weird. that's weird because like Superman, like when I was a kid, he's always like a guy I look up to. You know, he's, he's like the, he, he was a man. You know, but now I'm gonna be older than Superman, and that's weird, right? Maybe, maybe he's gonna be a Gen Z Superman. This Superman, Krypton blew up in two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> or 2001. <laughs> <laughs> what day? What a day. I wonder what day. The same day. The same day. <laughs> America was changed forever. Okay. We America. Just, <laughs> we need to start talking about this. We need to talk about old people movies. That's what this episode's about. We feel old. We feel old. And let's talk about pe- movies... Where people are old. Alright. What makes a quintessential old person movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's directed at a target audience that I think is like... Older? You know? <laughs> oh, no shit, huh? <laughs> nah, these are for the kids. Because usually... I feel like it's a separate demographic that you're talking about when you're talking about these, uh, these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like, whenever you market a superhero movie, you're not marketing it to... 60 year olds you're marketing it to teenagers, yeah, teenagers even adults. their adults to take their kids show you know mm-hmm. same thing goes for like transformers any action movie and 
you and then you look at like art house and adult movies, and I'm like, I don't necessarily think, because like when I think of what my grandparents like, or have liked in the past, right. um, I I see that they mostly go towards uh, films that are geared towards them as like a, a demographic. It's not oh we're gonna watch the Fablemans because that has nothing to do with like age. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's a period piece, but it's not about being old or relating to the experiences. It's like The Book Club or Las Vegas. I don't know if we're going to be talking about these. God damn it, dude. <laughs> I was going to mention like, no, not talking about Las Vegas. But, but that's like, that's the exact same type of movie. I mean, and I mean, there are some things from when they grew up that they would, uh, like, for example, period pieces like that, but they would be geared towards more pop cultural things that were relevant to them. Um, and right. I kind of get in, I think if you get after, I'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so there's many types of old people movies. Uh, I'm going to go, I kind of broke down old people movies into two types of movies. Okay. And, okay, so I'm going to be talking about movies that are about old people. You know, the definition is very vague. You guys can talk about movies that are for old people, movies with old people energy. Um, but I'm talking about movies about old people. And I think there's two types of movies about old people. They're dying. <laughs> yeah. It's movies about old people that still uh, have things to learn. And then old people uh, reflecting on their own mortality mm. and, like, their life, you know? Looking – there's – old people, like, there's still the opportunity to look forward and then looking back, you know? Mm. I, I boil it on for two movies. So the first one I want to talk about, because this goes back into your uh, – when you're talking about, like, old people movies are not – you know, they're – they're not targeted to, for teenagers. This one is. Because it's a superhero movie about an old person. I'm talking about Logan. Oh. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Old ass Logan. So that, that's a movie uh, that's about old people looking back, you know? Patrick and Stewart. Got Patrick Stewart. He's an old bloke. Hugh Jackman's getting older. He, he's certainly pretty old. I mean, just think about how old he is. You know, he's, he's technically always an old person. Strictly speaking, yes. Because he was born like the Civil War times or whatever. The vampire. Nah, way way longer. The vampire times? Wait, wait, wait. Can you tell me when the vampire times are? I... <laughs> yeah, what were vampire? When, what? what give me a give me like a time period when the vampire times were. <laughs> did I miss on the did I miss out on the vampire times? What what century did the vampire times? Seventeen. Post two thousand one. Seventeenth century. Post two thousand one. Post two thousand one. The vampire time. That reminds me of when our horror class teacher, do you remember this? When he's like, but there's monsters in the real world. And he flicks this, uh, we saw this in the Felino Theater, and there's a giant projection of Jeffrey Epstein's face. And then underneath it just said, vampires are real. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Educated. Tenured, so right. tenured professor at Chapman University, you guys. Yep. That's when I knew I got my money's worth. You know, I was like, fuck, he's right. He's right. He's right, <laughs> He bro. knows it. He's right, he's right. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know, Very Logan. Cool. Logan's that's a good movie, you know, because it's all, it's, it's about him, you know? Uh, a character who has never had to face his own mortality is finally facing it, you know, because mm -hmm. the adamantium in his skeleton is finally poisoning him and it's to make, killing him slowly, you know? So he's got to look back on him, himself as like a, a being, Who's lived a long time, um, and who he's got to take care, who he's got to look out for and care for. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but also, like, it's very much a st- still the same. Mm-hmm. That's the same story as something like uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is, like, going through, like, I think he's going through, like, this dementia. And yeah, that, That's a very interesting thing because I, I think if you, you're watching, um, if you're watching a movie about old people, that's a topic that I don't think they like to talk about. It's a and, sensitive thing. And, and yeah. it's surprising to see it take place in a superhero movie, nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's very compellingly told because it's like they're two opposites of, or not, not even opposites. They're both confronting their own man- mortality and their guilt from the past. But they're also confronting that their near future is not positive, even though they're trying to embrace the idea that they're still alive and living. Yeah. Yeah. What would we know about that? But I think they do a really good job, or James Mangold does a really good job at conveying it in a way that is grounded and realist and whatnot. And dealing with the, you know, X-23 and like... A daughter figure? A daughter figure. Okay. My, I think one of my all-time favorite tropes... I like never stop this trope is old grizzled man and kid, you know, yeah. and just that dynamic. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yeah. And I realized I this when I started watching The Last, Last of Us. I oh imagine. I haven't watched it. Dude, you gotta watch The I've Last of Us. I've only played the games and I'm scared to try, start the show. Dude. But I've, I've heard from even people who have, people who have not played the games at all and people who have played all the games, everyone's like, good, very, very well done, like a, uh, like translation of the original medium. I I'm not attracted to cinematic games. I know where it's yeah. like you're playing a movie. Yeah. So I'm like I'm just I'd rather just watch a movie instead of have to worry about playing it. You know. Yeah. So I I never played the Last of Us games, but this show is it's something special. Yeah. And that I know everyone's talking about episode three of the Last of Us. No. Holy shit. Okay. That that's an old person episode. <laughs> that's about old people. Mm-hmm. In the apocalypse. You the don't apocalypse. see that. Much. And, oh my god, it's, it, it was a piece of media that I needed, to, that, that, came, that came into my eyes when I needed it most. Mm-hmm. And, anyways, yeah, I love, I love old guy and kid. I just love it. Mandalorian, uh, you know, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. You heard uh, it here Logan. first, Ethan likes old guys and kids. I mean, I'm <laughs> not, I'm not doing the, I'm not the old guy. So is that really wrong? <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. Well, nice. That's a good start. I think Logan, yeah, yeah. I remember when I first watched Logan too. That movie had an effect on me. It was one of like the first times I think a, a superhero movie at the time made me confront mortality. Yeah. Within a superhero thing, which is like kind of like, I mean, it's almost like needless to say, but like, not something you imagine from superhero movies, mm-hmm. especially considering like how easy it is within like the larger scope of all their universes to backtrack on that. Mm. But but then again, like and funnily enough, he's back in Deadpool three supposedly. That's true. So and will he be old? I don't know I don't what they're going to do. I, I don't think he's going to be. You think he's going like to be Prime Logan. Logan? Yeah, I think he's going to be Prime. I think he's going to wear that suit from the end of the Wolverine. Yep, I think he's going to wear an updated version of it. You know, just a comic suit, and that's going to be cool. But yeah, seeing Logan for the first time—it's the same. Logan came out the same day the Nintendo Switch came out. I remember it because <laughs> what a day! I, I came home with all my friends because we were going to go see Logan that night, and my Switch came in the mail. So I got to play Breath of the Wild for like an hour or so, and then we went to the theater and saw Logan. 
And that movie also came out a good period of my life because that was our senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And I just remember relating to how tired Logan felt in that movie. <laughs> you know? When he's like in the sink all beat up, oh, like, dude. coughing up blood and just like, I'm just like, I feel that, man. Like I had, like, my senioritis is like personified by Logan. Yeah. I remember there were like 20 of us who worked at the theater. We all got the free tickets on like a, oh, yeah. on a Thursday or Friday afternoon. <laughs> and we all just went to the theater and we took up a whole row. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And nobody was there. Nobody saw the movie. Lots of people saw it. No, well, not, I was there. not your theater. No. Anyways, all right, that's my first movie. Cool. Let's move on to another one. Chris, you got, you got yeah. one pulled up? I'm going to throw in the one that it was that immediately came to mind when we came up with this idea. Or when you came up with this idea, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm picking my favorite old movie, that one of my favorite movies that revolves around a story of two old people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best living directors in the world. We all love him. Uh, Yasujiro Ozu's Tokyo Story. Oh. He's living? Oh, sorry. Did I say living? Yeah. Sorry. I, mean, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think he's dead. Uh, but, okay. He's absolutely dead. He's definitely dead. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> he directed movies in the 20s. He's dead. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, Tokyo Story. Ozu's coming out for one last movie. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. So, Tokyo Story tells a story of, to- tells a story of Tokyo. Of Tokyo. Um, <laughs> So tell the story of the, this elderly couple, and they're kind of like, shall I say, maybe turbulence, not the right word, but like a complicated relationship that they have with their children. Um, they're all grown up and like are navigating their way through adult life. And the movie, more than anything, um, does this really wonderful thing where it, it, it gives us a glimpse into the perspective of the story from the parent from the elders rather than the growing up like mm-hmm. growing up kids oftentimes i feel like when you think of like a family movie like this you know it's probably told from the perspective of the children and it's about like oh like them claiming their freedom and like you know still loving their family but like you know kind of seizing their their shot you know or something yeah. like that like and which is great i think that's a wonderful message but what i think tokyo story does really well is it examines the kind of com- complex relationship that parents have with their children as they get older and kind of like learning to let go and learning to, um, you know, like, like almost like become, this is like, I I honestly would say this is the ultimate empty nesters movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean like that theme of like family and like going apart and coming back together or what have you is a common theme amongst, uh, Ozu's films. One of his most popular, popular, I don't know if popular is the right word, but, one of his most renowned films is Late Spring, which I haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. but I've heard, like, it's, uh, that movie's a story about, um, a young woman and her elderly father and him kind of similarly learning to relinquish his control over her and, like, kind of allow her to seize her, her opportunity in life, um, without him. Right. Which is, like, I think it's a very complex emotional thing to do and I think speaks very deeply to... This movie, especially Tokyo Story, does this thing where it's, I think it speaks really deeply to, like, the wisdom that comes with age, as well as just, like, the kind of, like, third-person perspective you have on, like, events in in life, because you have all this experience to draw from. Right. Um, And, yeah, so I think, like, this movie represents, like, like, elderly people really well, because I think it articulates something that doesn't get talked about often in, uh, you know, in the medium. Um, yeah, I mean, Brandon, you love Tokyo Story, and Ethan, you I do too. Tokyo you guys this both love it. I, this is, 
Probably still my favorite Ozu movie I've seen. One of the best I remakes think... ever made. Is it a remake, this is a remake? of an American movie? No is way. Is it really? Yes. Oh. Is the American movie any good? It's okay. okay. I like it. Is it is it even close to Tokyo Story in quality? Mm, it's just as sad. <laughs> oh, that's, that's important. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean I think the characters are more well-written. Right? Right. It's a movie from 1935 called Make Way for Tomorrow. Oh, oh, that's a good title. Yeah, which is essentially it's like same situation with the four kids. Yeah. Instead, it's five. Mm. So there's one more kid. And each of the, the kids has a different perspective on how to handle the parents and whatnot. What yeah. are you smiling for? <laughs> Keep going. Is it because I'm munching? Sorry. It's okay. I'm, I, I just want to, I just realized we got really crunchy food to eat. So, listeners, if you. Yeah, you think that's. <laughs> I just want to, if any of you are like. You've probably clicked off by now, but if you're still around and you don't like listening to people chewing, what I'm is this sorry. called again? What is this? What is it? Old called? people movies. No, mukbang. <laughs> a mukbang. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can fall asleep to this. You know, it's a jolly be mukbang. Yeah. Anyways, continue about Tokyo. Story. Yeah, no, Tokyo Story is like better, I think, because it. I think there's a reservedness in Ozu's movies that isn't on display in an American melodrama from yeah. the 1930s, especially in the 30s and 40s. Oh, they're, they're all about the expressivity. They're overacting because they've never done anything that's not overacting because if you look at silent films, like, they're they always so to. expressive. They have you know? to. Yeah. But with like Ozu's movies, I think, and a lot of Japanese cinema post-World War II, it's like they're reserving their emotions so that they can like, it's like a theater play. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter, like, that they're super expressive because it's the Kuleshov effect, you know? If you show a face to somebody who's, like, indifferent, and then you show something else, and then you show, or another person, and, like, dialogue is happening, and then you flip back to that person, they may be making the same face, but you as a human being interprets it differently. Yeah. And I think Ozo does a great, does a great job with that, especially in these films. When he's not trying to tackle a comedy, where it is very expressive, it's not as loud, but it's, like, definitely more... Um, uh, not on the surface. That's not a good word, but definitely easily uh, analyzable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's such an emotional movie. Oh my god! I, I, my review for this movie is: I saw this the day I was evicted from Snet One. The day, oh. I, the day I found out <laughs> I was evicted, and I watched this movie. And this is a movie about just like old people getting not evicted, not just being neglected by their kids. <laughs> Old people getting evicted. It's, it's just about like Make having to en- endure life changes, you know, because yeah. these are their parents, and now they're like they're now realize they're in this phase of their life where they're like, we just gotta step away. You just gotta let let you know? the kids fly. You know? They realize they're a, they're a burden to their kids, so they at least they they feel like they are. Yeah, you know, and they're just making them feel even more guilty about yeah trying to get them to yeah don't spill. <laughs> What are you doing? He's like eating the ice out of the cup. He's this this boy is bored. He's like he's eating ice and he's like holding the cup sideways. Stop! You're just trying to make as much noise as you can. You're you're such a good podcaster, Brandon. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Brandon, you got a movie you want to share? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got a movie made by an old person, Clint Eastwood. I was about to say someone's, <laughs> someone's going to say a Clint Eastwood movie. I'm going to go Jersey Boys. 
Jersey boys. Jersey boys. Well, yeah, well I, I remember this is a foundational memory because I used to go to. Uh, <laughs> I used to go, when I saw Jersey boys. I used to go to the Harkins and Sholo uh-huh. because that was like the only place where they showed movies in Northern Arizona. There were two places. Sholo? Yeah, Sholo, Arizona. Sholo. Sholo. And my grandparents were like, we got to go see Jersey Boys. This is like the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I don't know. But it's about Frankie Seasons in the Four Valleys. Four Valleys? Frankie Seasons in the Four Seasons. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Frankie Valley and the Jersey Boys. And the Jersey Boys. <laughs> and they, they're from Jersey, you know? And oh. it's like, it is the most stereotypical bio, biopic, music biopic I've ever seen. Yeah. And if you watch, if you actually watch the movie, um, it's like Walk Hard to a T. And, the, and they're talking to the camera and stuff like that. But like, there's musical numbers of all their famous songs. There's like, montages about their rise and fall to fame and it's it's definitely like hitting on the most cliche stuff but it is to me the movie i think about where parents or grandparents will drag their kids or their parent or their grandkids to see like mine did with me (laughs) to go see the movie and did i enjoy the movie yes but i was also like you give three stars yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was an impressionable 14 year old who was desperate for a movie during the summer and i found that and i remember being like oh that's fun. Summer 2014? Yeah. Bro, we were eating good that summer. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? We had Dawn on the Planet of the Apes. We had X-Men no, Days of Future remember Past. remember my experience with that? Flashback to the first episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, everyone's acting like monkeys in that movie. I gotta calm down with Jersey Boys. With the old fogies. That's why you liked it so much. Because you're like, ah. Uh, Nobody's here The fogies aren't noise. making chimp noises to Jersey Boys. No, they were singing in the hallway. They were going, what? What? <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I've never seen this movie before. Me neither. I've never given a thought about seeing it. I don't know if I have this movie. I think I do. If you can look at my movie ownership list and go to the J section, I think I own it. So I can let you borrow Mr. Little Jersey. I don't think I want to borrow it, to be completely honest. I once, um, back in freshman year of uh, college, I was working on... Do you guys remember Jacques? You do own this movie, by the way. <laughs> do you guys remember Jacques? Yeah. From, from Which college? one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacques Rabi. Rabi. Oh, yeah. He was my neighbor. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Jacques and I were partnered up with each other for one of the visual storytelling projects. Yeah. And in this film, uh, we we had to cast this actor. And uh, Jacques got this actor named Keith, who plays Jersey Boys on Broadway. Oh. He, oh, really? He plays one of the Jersey Boys. <laughs> that, that, and that is my only... Because I remember when I shook his hand and he was like... And it, I asked him, like, oh, like, you know, like... What what have you been up to? Blah blah. blah. And he's like, well, I'm in this like stage show, um, back in New York, uh, called Jersey Boys. And I was like, I was like, cool. I got no idea what you just said, but <laughs> that sounds great. Wow. Um, well. Well, there you go. I didn't know Clint Eastwood made this movie. He made a musical. I knew who that's made that. crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, no, we're gonna. Yeah, but it's for them. It's from the decade that they like were listening to their music. They were like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Them fogies used to break it down, day, <laughs> you know? Um, okay, cool. So let's go on to another movie. No. Here's one we all enjoy. Okay. What? Here's one I know we all enjoy. Um, this is a, another sad old person movie. We love those. We love those. We love old people realizing that they're at the end of their line and learning how to do, still do some good in the world. I'm picking Ikiru. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. 
And Brandon, you can talk about a little comparison piece because uh, you actually went and saw Living. Uh, I'm shocked you didn't like it. Everyone I've talked to has loved the movie. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But this is just... This is such a, a just a, a beautiful film, you know? I agree. It's about a man who has... What kind of cancer does he have? I didn't... I have it. I cancer. actually don't remember. Like, I don't uh, remember the specific type. I, I don't remember. Yeah, he does have cancer. Though. Yeah. But it's such a simple story... It's so beautiful in its simplicity. Yeah. It's a man, he has cancer, and he realizes what he wants to do his, on his last days on Earth is build a playground for kids. Right. He's, he's, like, he's like, I he's just, making way for just want to yeah, make way for tomorrow, making way for the kids to be happy. And, oh my God. Just Takashi Shimura, he's one of the, he is one of the greats. One of the greats, yeah. One yeah. of the absolute greats. One of my favorites. He, like... I always get so happy whenever because he's just he just pops up in the most random films, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, there he is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think this is his best role. Agreed. Because um, he's not overshadowed by uh, Toshiro Mifune or Tatsuya Makadai, who I think are better actors. But when I think of Ikaru, I think he's like, I yeah. think he like that might yeah. be the greatest performance of any of the actor, the other actors, in my opinion. I yeah. know you might feel like different about you, Jimbo and Mufune or uh, Nakadai and the Human Condition movies, but he's incredible. I think my favorite Mufune performance is actually Throne of Blood. Honestly, really? Yeah. Well, I don't think he's good. Was my favorite of his. He plays insane. Well, yeah. He just, he just yeah he's good at insane. He's good at insane. Also, like really charming. Yeah. Hockey. It's weird. Anyways, back to Ikaru. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just beautiful film about, you know, because th- this is under the line, I think, of old people still learning, <coughs> you know? Yeah. Where it's just like, even he still is able to find that childlike wonder within him, you know, to go through and build this, even though he's at the end of his life. Right. And that oh, just, yeah. that, it's hopeful. You know? I almost feel like him having that childlike wonder is a great sign of like, I think almost like someone who is so comfortable with still kind of having a childlike wonder to them almost shows more maturity than someone who's so uptight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I feel the same way as you guys with this movie. This movie is so, like, beautifully, like, optimistic and pessimistic uh-huh. about, about like, um, the predicament he finds himself in. This movie actually reminded me... I thought about this movie a lot after I watched um, Cleo from 5 to 7 because in a way they're kind of similar in terms of, like, finding out about a terminal illness and then... Right. Kind of navigating the emotional and physical trials of that. Um, but yeah, Ikiru does this wonderful thing of like... How do I put it? Like, this is very much a movie that I feel like anybody who... Well, actually, any time in life, I feel like you could find some relatability. Especially if you're getting older. Yeah. I find like... For example, like, I feel like if I were to rewatch this movie, it would make me contemplate like the time that I spent like in the, these last few years. What I got up to and like... If and like it poses like a really like heavy but also like like beautiful question of like hey you've got these many days left what are you gonna do with it yeah you know and like I know it's a simple question but like it's just so beautifully explored here about like the emotional um, like subtleties of that and how like and how difficult of a thing that is to navigate but also how simple it is to navigate yeah and it's just like do what 
do what's meaningful. Yeah, it's like it's a lot like that Queen Latifah movie, Last Holiday. It's exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> Where she finds I've out. Never heard of that movie in my life. <laughs> It's a movie where she, she finds out that she's sick and then she she decides to just have fun for the rest of her life. And she thinks she's got a terminal illness, but she's in fact not dying. So it's her learning to take risks and similar thematically even. Uh-huh. But Igru is like definitely like one of my favorite movies of all time, which is why I was kind of off-put by the idea of a remake. Oh, yeah. Because when I watched Igru for the first time, it like broke my heart because it's like... So heartwarming. You never have those movies where it's like you're you're so happy, but your your heart breaks because of like what it means. Yeah. yeah, this is one of those movies because it's like it's definitely telling a message that is more uplifting, but it's doing so in a way that is gonna make your heart break. Mm-hmm. And I love Shimmer's performance. I think he's great at empathy, but he's also great at cold and calculated. But not. I feel pity for him. I feel bad for him because he spent his whole life doing one thing. Being corporate minded. Yeah. And he is like almost the sole focus of that movie. Right. The reason I have a problem with the remake and I'm where I'm surprised people are loving it as much as they are. I think um I think they are liking the performance of Bill Nye and are letting that like drive their love for the movie, but I don't actually think Bill Nye is that good in that movie. Mm. And I love Bill Nye. You know this. Yes. Yeah. He's in some of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, he. I love Love Actually. I love him. He's one of the best parts of that movie. He's great in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's the best part of In Time. Yeah, about time. No, it's in time. No, <laughs> that's the uh, yeah. like Justin Timberlake one. Yeah. <laughs> I know you love that movie. Yeah. I know he's in it. <laughs> but um, when I watch Living, I was like, this is like a condensed version where they take out so much of, and. I don't remember the plot of Ikaru not focusing on Takashi Shimura's character. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there, it feels like this movie has a different protagonist and they're telling a story about this guy. Yeah. And that's solely mm-hmm. it. And it doesn't get to the playground until, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. What? Yes. That's fucking crazy. And which it's is, like the it's the central, it's, yes. Yeah, it's it's a, the, it's, <laughs> that's where Ikaru is. Yeah, it's, because it's like... He, it's like in the background, like it's an idea, but it's being suffocated by this corporate environment. So the first half is like very similar of him finding out his diagnosis and him taking like uh, time to go live his life, you know, when they go to like the karaoke bar and mm. like drink and they go to like the whorehouse or whatever. Um, but the second, the second half just kind of condenses everything and it like loses, it like loses 30 minutes. Right. So mm. it's objectively tighter, even though it doesn't feel tighter than Ikaru. Right. And in that sense, I, it lost me. And I was like, stylistically, there are some very interesting things that they do, but like, scripturally and performance wise, I think it's really dull and uninteresting. Cool. And like, I don't understand, like if you, and I, I've seen reviews on Letterboxd of people who didn't, do not like it either. Who yeah. are like in the same boat as I am, but they're like very in the. But I don't know if those are just people who have seen the original. I've seen a few people say, "Oh, like it, it lives up. It's not as good as Ikaru, but it's it's good on its own." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, then why are we why are we, why are we doing this? Why, why are we remaking like, the movie?" That I tweeted it, and I was like, "Why are we remaking this movie if the movie's already a masterpiece?" And I guess it's to make it more accessible. But like, why not just make the I don't know. Yeah, but love Ikaru. Yeah. The scene where he's swinging on the swing. Oh, is, it, it hurts. It's outstanding. It's the reason why it's the poster. And it yeah. puts livings to shame. I'm really? sorry. Yeah, it's like pathetic. I don't, 
<laughs> I'm just like I'm so pissed because I love Bill Nye and I didn't think he was that good I didn't feel pity for him I didn't feel bad for him I never got to see him as like a person I saw him as like an object or a tool for the movie to move forward and they use other characters to tell his story when I think he should have been the focus yeah. like that's the point Brandon objectifies old people do you hear that <laughs> Cut that part out. Okay. <laughs> you can just beep it. Yeah, I'll yeah. just beep it. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take us on a different path. Okay, go for it. I'm gonna take another movie that my grandparents brought me to. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But this time it's about old people. I'm talking about Red, right? Retired, extremely dangerous. <laughs> That's what it stands for. Really? I've never seen Red. Is it like an? I'm guessing an action movie of. Old people. old people. So it's like... I've seen something like that recently. So it's... There's two of them, actually. And I've seen... Red 2. <laughs> I saw them... It's actually based on, I think, a DC comic. Or a Dark Horse comic. One of the two. Yeah. And it, it stars Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, John Malkovich, and Bruce Willis. <laughs> and Mary Louise Parker. She's a heavily factor in the second one. Right. And it's about these retired people who are, like, essentially a part of a secret force, secret government agency to, like... Like, be hit people. And it's great because they're unassuming old people. But, of course, like, John Malkovich, like, has a running mouth. Helen Mirren is kind of, like, she's not necessarily, like, she's, like, you know, she's in, like, the Fast and Furious movies. So it's not like you don't think of her when when it comes to that stuff. But she's got something sneaky going on. Bruce Willis is an action star. And Morgan Freeman, well, I think he was just your go-to old person in the 2000s. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's just, it's a very fun movie. Now, I haven't watched these movies in years, so I can't speak for their quality. I think I gave both a three and a two and a half. You can check. Let's, I'm going to fact check it. Um, but I, I remember enjoying them and thinking, okay, so this is a movie that's aimed at old people, that's about old people, and that old people went out to see because it, it was directed at them. And I, I think it's a fun movie. Um, and I've forgotten the time because the two of those actors are not really acting anymore. Actually, three of those actors aren't really acting anymore. Morgan Freeman's acting. Yeah, did you see that trailer for the Zach Braff movie he's in? I saw the trailer. For, is it the Florence Pugh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta, I gotta bring up some fact-checking. So you did give Red... Three stars. Red two? You gave Red two two stars. I was either two and a half or two. That's what I knew. So, good thing we have a fact checker here today, you know? <laughs> but, like, what do you think of that idea as a concept? Retired, extremely dangerous. It's kind of, you know, it kind of feels like a, it sounds to me like a spinoff of Expendables. You yeah. I mean? Did Expendables come out first? Let's see. I think it did. I think it did. But this is, I think this is better than the Expendables. Because All they. Mm, they well, tried, they just tried. definitely the third one yeah. <laughs> uh, and maybe the second one but the first one I enjoy because I remember it was like one of the first rated R action movies yeah. my dad showed me like I had to I searched Die Hard and Robocop on my own I found those and, you know yeah. but Expendables I remember my dad going don't tell your mom essentially yeah. and then my mom found out and she was like what the and he was like it's too late <laughs> uh, dude I still remember a piece of trivia that I always found interesting about the Expendables movies is yeah. that came out the same year as Robocop. oh <laughs> they were for old people action, action movies <laughs> what happened to, what happened to that genre <laughs> they tried to get Jackie Chan for one of them but they they couldn't work out a deal with it. have you seen there's a trailer that's playing right now it's an action comedy starring Tony Collette I saw it at Knock cool. in the Cabin it's called Mafia Mama 
It's about a suburban mom whose grandpa or father uh, gets, or uncle or something, gets killed. Uh-huh. And then they invite her to the wedding, and she's like, yeah, I'll go. She's like, free trip to Italy or whatever. It's all inclusive. And in the will, the guy's like, you're going to become the godfather of our mafia, essentially. It's an well, action comedy. It's very that's kind of fun. That's, that's a fun, fun idea. And she's she's getting up there. She's getting older. 50s, right? These Expendables movies are so weird. I've never seen a single one. They're not. They're not. Good. Harrison Ford's in the third one. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Schwartz and I know the third one's uh, the. They're making a fourth one. Maybe it'll tie in with Rush Hour. And they were gonna make Expendables, which is the girl, the girl version, version, but they stopped because Expendables three made nothing. Yeah, so they switched to eighty for Brady instead. Also, that's a spiritual successor. Because the Expendables first one, the cast is not like it's big, but it's not big. But Expendables two, great cast, huge cast. And then yeah. Expendables three is like they got rid of like some of the big name stars and they brought in like. Young B, people, B, B or C list and then they were like, "We got Wesley Snipes." Harrison Ford. Okay. I guarantee you, if they brought in Jackie Chan, they would have they would have made their money. Right, but then they were like Scott Eastwood, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Kelsey Grammer. In the <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. Got Frazier up in this bitch. All right, cool. Red. Yeah, I've never seen it. Never seen it either. Would you? What I yeah, yeah like I'd be interested. since it's based off a comic I'd probably watch it you know I because I, I want to see all the movies based off a comic. Yeah. Uh, Want cool. me to hit one? Yeah. Hit one? All right. Um, I'm gonna do my 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 unconventional choice. Uh, well, not that unconventional. I'm picking Rob Reiner's The Bucket List. You guys ever seen The oh, Bucket yeah. List? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? The no. Bucket List. You've never heard of it? Oh come on. Uh, you, I you, think you, I've heard of it when we did that class on. Uh, Old people movies? No, uh, <laughs> Industry Insiders. Oh, for Castle Rock. We it was one of their last Castle movie. Rock movies. Yeah. It was I, remember, I remember seeing that. I was like, The Bucket List. Um, yeah, so the Bucket List. This movie My dad loves tells, this movie. It is a fun movie. I don't love it, but it's always, it, it's all, it was always on TV when I was growing up. It just does feel like a, a, a TV movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so The Bucket List tells the story of Edward and Carter, played by Jack and Morgan. Jack, Jack, Jack and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> They're brothers. Jack, Jack the Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. This was one of Jack Nicholson's last movies. And But it was Jack Freeman's first movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't seen him since. First and last. <laughs> one and done. <laughs> um, okay, so this movie tells the story of um, Jack Nicholson, who is this big-time billionaire, and uh, his working-class mechanic... According to Larry here, Carter Chambers, um, they're very different people, but they have one thing in common, which is to do a shitload of stuff before they die, because uh, they are aging and they just want to seize the moment. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fun bits in here. This movie is, in a weird way, kind of structured like a Family Guy episode, where it's like they just do a bunch of these bits. Yeah. Um, and like they like they'll be like, oh, like what's something you want to do next? Uh, skydiving. Bam! Skydiving scene. Back to the back to the bathtub. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, and then <laughs> so they'll do a lot of that, but at the same time, there is like, in a weird way, this movie reminds me a bit of a bit like, um, oh my god, what's the name of this original movie? The The Untouchables, yes. aka the, the Upside, the Upside Two, the Upside Two, which we is coming soon. We did that. We did. Yeah. We talked about the Upside last proper episode, mm-hmm. and then and. right after they announced a sequel for it, and I'm just like. Kill me. <laughs> but yeah, Bucket List is, is, a, is a fun movie. And yeah, it does remind me of that because of they have different backgrounds. So there's a little bit of like tension there, but also like 
you know, the eventually when the characters have their sweet moment where they they make up and, and like you know they they uh, look past their differences. You know, it's it's a pretty standard thing, but pretty well done. Um, not all that special of a movie, but I think a movie that could be very meaningful to someone out there. Absolutely, an old person probably. More than likely. More than likely. Um, I love Rob Reiner. He's a great director. What has he made recently? Let me have a look here. Nothing. He made The Bucket List. (laughs) He hasn't really made much in a while. Let's see. His last movie was Shock and Awe. Came out in 2017. Then he made LBJ. Oh. Being Charlie. What? I've heard of that. And so it goes. What the hell is... What the hell is the the magic of Belle Isle? No idea. Flipped? Is that... Wait. The Bucket List. (laughs) Boomer has it. I just yeah. I when and then I, the bucket list. Yeah, when I think about the bucket list, I think of it being on TV all the time and always catching the ending. Um, my dad really liked it. He bought it on DVD like, mm-hmm. immediately after he saw it because it was like a movie that I think I don't know. I, all my family is a family of old souls. I suppose that's where <laughs> I get it from. Yeah, and yeah. Like, <laughs> that makes sense. Yep, and <laughs> yep. And I remember him watching it and just being like entertained by it and like it's super fun to see all like their antics because they're doing things that old people would normally do. That's a genre of film. Old people, like, I had a film on my, like, honorable mentions, essentially, that was Going in Style, which is the Morgan Freeman. Going in Style. Michael Caine. uh, Morgan Freeman loves these kind of things. He's like, oh, I'm an old person not doing old person things, you know? There's like, yeah, there's like that. that (laughs) It's just a different genre, Mm -hmm. you know? But Bucket List is one of those things because, like, there's a scene in there where they're race car driving. Hiking mountains and stuff like that. You're not supposed to be doing that if you're like 80 years old. So I think it's kind of like a wish <laughs> for those who can't get out. They can only get to a theater or their, their couches. <laughs> Barely even to their couches. Uh, old people. Am I right? All right. That's cool. That's a cool pick. You know, I th- we haven't really talked about a movie. Well, okay. We got two in a row. Old people. Doing things that they wouldn't typically do because, you know, they're <laughs> old. Um, Can I throw in another movie yeah. that, uh, about old people not doing things that... Yeah, let's just let's get do. all these guys out let's of just the get, Let's just get these through. Um, uh, you guys seen a... I haven't seen this movie, so I want to ask you guys about this because you might have... Angelica has seen this movie. She told me about a bit about it. It was the first rated R movie she ever saw. Get your... That's, that's your first uh, rated <laughs> movie. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm talking about Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa. Have you guys seen Bad Grandpa? I have not seen Bad Grandpa. You have. I do not like it. I I mean, it doesn't seem very good, but... It's not very good. Why is it so bad? Does it have any interesting insights about Asian? I think, honestly, and you guys might disagree with me on this, but I think the worst part of the the Jackass movies is the Irving Irving Dishman, like, old people bits. Really? They were funny in the first one, but then after, like, it became, when it became a full movie, that's when I was like, okay. Yeah, I think they have... They're like, mildly funny. Yeah, like in Jackass uh, Forever. There's one. There's that one where he's in the store, and then they have someone fall from, like, a... That might be the best one. I think that's... That but that's because they don't have to, like, they, they do whatever. It's like when um, an internet celebrity who's not known goes on the street and talks to random people... And then they get famous, and then it's like, okay, so there's no, like, surprise or anything, because everybody knows they're playing a prank. Yeah. So it's, like, the same thing, because everybody, obviously, in the age of the internet knows, like, oh, that's a prank, especially if Jackass is so as widespread. Are, yeah. Which is, but it's, it, like, there are moments, you know, in 2000, 
13 when it came out. Like, there was, like, a few moments that were funny in it, but I think it's the worst Jackass movie. Oh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. But it looks pretty famous. You're right. It does do things. He, even though he's not really an old person, they do things that would be bad. But it's more focused on the kid, and it kind of has a narrative, if I'm remembering correctly. That's nice. It's like, not just so it's like a docudrama, Whoa. but it's a docu-comedy. It's kind of like a... I mean, that's, that's kind of what Jackass is, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it's like there's an actual story, and the, oh. these are characters. But what what is a story though? Is story not just a succession of? Oh, shit. oh man! All right, we're going down the rabbit hole. I with guess that one. Old Man okay. and the Gun is the well. only other one. <laughs> but that's more of a drama. Is that your next pick? No, I think it's that's a good one. I, I forgot think, about that one. I yeah, think Brandon is the mule. No, <laughs> no more Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Daddy doesn't want. No. Mm-mm. Well, what's your next one? Um, I'm picking an Ingmar Bergman movie. Wild Strawberries. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. Outstanding. Damn, you got that quick. I've listened to one. Well, I, <laughs> Which one? I mean, a lot, um, about, a lot of his Persona. movies are about Persona. people. Yeah, no, a lot of them are about either aging or dying or just divorce. And, like, yeah. those three concepts are very intrinsic to being, like, 50-year-old plus, you know? And yeah. that's, I guess, what we consider old. Sorry, Mom and Dad. I would say above 25. Is old. <laughs> my back hurts. Oh, yeah, I oh. My head. Oh. <laughs> but like, I think wild strawberries is a different kind of aging, because with a lot of the ones we've talked about, they're limited by their physical abilities. Yeah. Because of their age, and you see these. Whereas, like the only one that we talked about so far was, would probably be Logan that actually confronts the idea of a mental capacity incapacitation. Yeah. Because wild strawberries is about a man who is essentially he's his like car breaks down or something and or he makes a stop at this local place when he's going to give a speech about his life achievements mm-hmm. and he's just running into and talking to people in this little countryside in Sweden or in the Nordic north you know because I know Sweden, he's yeah. Swedish but like he doesn't always make Swedish movies it's like Buñuel he doesn't always make Spanish movies he makes French movies right um, and so when I look at um, when I look at uh, this movie I'm super fascinated to, like, explore how he goes about, like, um, talking with younger people and adapting to his old age and, like, reconciling with his past. Because there are a lot of things, because it's about his achievements in life. And, like, you think about his personal achievements, you think about how he's aged as a person. And there's a lot of reflecting going on, but that also changes him as a person. Because some old people, especially this guy, I think, early in the movie, can be a little bit curmudgeon-y. Man called Oof, you know. We're talking about that movie, maybe. Some old people. Yeah, and then and then they become in their old age enlightened. I remember my grandpa, for example. He became more enlightened with age mm-hmm. at times because I feel like it's this. You know, there's a part when you get become jaded and cynical. Yeah. In your like sixties or seventies, I think about the world, and then I think once you get so close to the idea, you're like, why am I being so like? This way, and when you're speaking to young people or you're speaking to people who remind you of your past and are able to allow you to reflect and understand the changes you've gone through, yeah, that allows you to change as a person for the better, even and at the end of life. Maybe it's that last breath of hope and optimism, but I think it's extremely powerful. And it's not, it's not the, it's not the most boring movie. I just think it's a slice of life of somebody's life. It's yeah. Beautiful. I love I loved how they played into memory in this movie. Oh, the, I thought the, the way, camera tricks with that. I thought the way Bergman used cam- the camera for memory to yeah. convey memory was awesome. Um, 
there's like freeze frames and like people walking into frames, right? And and just the way uh, the frame, not even that, frame. but the way he presents subjectivity through memory. I remember when he's like thinking about intense moments in his life. It's like clearly through like lighting and like set design. Mm-hmm. It's like this is not how it you you can you can tell like this is not how it looked, but this is how it perceived to him. Or it's like sharp, and yeah. like but in a fantastical way. Or it's like when you like, I, I, it's a trope in movies and TV for kids usually. But it's like when you, sorry, Bigfoot ring. There's by. someone above us. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors are so noisy. Um, They're fighting the other day. It's crazy. <laughs> Dad almost kicked his son out of the apartment. Oh, yeah. Oh, because um, he was like, if you go hang out with your friends. You you can't come back here. Don't even think about coming back. Anyways, <laughs> old people. Right? It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like cloudy with a chance of you balls. No, it's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> and it's like it, where they play the harp and it's like and it's like ooh. oh yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> and it's like the waves. And then, <laughs> but then like the outside of the frame is like coated in like ice or like is very foggy and out of focus. And, oh, that's then, cool. and then like the the main central image is like it's like you're watching it on an old TV or in a, a video with like a filter on it. Video with a filter on it? Yeah, like a Snapchat or something. Oh, it's just like I'm watching this through a Snapchat filter. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah, you think like that? He's like, mm, it's like Snapchat. I'm going to make this like a Snapchat filter. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> I made good movies, though. You made so many good movies. But, like, it's great about mortality. Very beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about another old person reflecting on life, their place in the world. Um, you haven't seen this movie because you're racist. <laughs> and I'm pointing at Brandon. Um, Have I seen this movie? You've seen this movie because oh. you're not racist and you don't drink out of an icy cup while recording a podcast. I'm thirsty. You yeah, but, but I'll bite you. Guess what? I bought a Brita yesterday. You want to fill up some water? Go into the fridge and grab the Brita. How was I supposed to know that? You could have asked me for a glass of water. Mm. You're my guest here in this apartment. You could be like, hey, Ethan, can I ask you for a glass of water? Ethan, can I sleep in your bed tonight? No. <laughs> You're already getting the guest bed. You're I got the couch. Here. You're already here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to give you any more. The most I can give you is a glass of water. Would you like one? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just still going to talk. It's just I'm going to be a far, far, far away now. Um, let, okay, first of all, it's time it's good That's for so you. cute. It's That's just like... good for me. Just for one, one little guy. Alright, fill it up in his McDonald's cup. It's not McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, don't disgrace the Filipinos like that, you racist. It's the McDonald's of the Filipinos. Oh, who's racist now? Who's racist now? Uh, get off! <laughs> Bless you. Thank don't you. sneeze on the park, cat. <laughs> <laughs> who sneezed? <laughs> Who the fuck no. sneezed? Who sneezed? I will shit on you! I, I am not fucking shit! Up. Shut the fuck up! Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I love my guy. Our, our listeners are like, Brandon's eyes isn't annoying us. It's you never get into your point. Okay. <laughs> I'm picking The Great Beauty. Oh, wow. You haven't seen Great Beauty yet? That's not racist. You were racist against Italians. <laughs> you were racist against Italians. You, you hate Italians. No, I don't. Oh. But then you saw that like what six hour Italian movie and you're. There's two forever. things that turn Brandon off when it's, when you when he watches a movie. It takes place in a desert, <laughs> <laughs> or 
Or if it's made by Italians. So spaghetti westerns are a no-no for oh, Brandon. big no-no for little Brandon. There's only one good spaghetti western. Swabubby western. <laughs> it's a jolly bee movie. <laughs> I'd go see that movie. It's good by the There is a jolly bee movie. Yeah, there are ads. For anyone ads. listening, if you want a really interesting ad that you've never seen, like, unlike anything you've ever seen, search up jolly bee commercials. They're literally like little films. It's They're crazy. Weird. And they have like arcs, and they're very melodramatic. They're oh yeah, melodramatic. and there's arcs by of characters across different commercials. Yeah, that's wild. That's all the Okay, let me talk about the Great Beauty because I think this movie is so amazing. It's so amazing. I think it's my favorite. No, it's not my favorite Italian film because I forgot about spaghetti westerns. It's my favorite non-spaghetti western Italian film. Okay, um, it is about an art critic who lives in Rome, who is just he's contemplating. His, his life, his mortality, um, his place in the city, the mo- like one of the most ancient cities on earth, Rome, you Babe, know? The pig in a big city. Sure. Uh, you know, because it's like, Rome is such a fascinating city because it's literally built around ruins. Oh, yeah. You know? Not many cities are like that anymore, you know? Not many cities preserve ruins. And I'm talking like, Ruins of an old, old like time. Greece, it's probably like one of yeah, like Athens, probably Athens. ultimate gentrification. That's that's the ultimate. <laughs> oh the ultimate Listen, gentrification. Guys. The ultimate gentrification. <laughs> they, they got rid of Bruticus's fucking Colosseum and they put a fucking Starbucks there. <laughs> there. Can't have shit in Rome. <laughs> no. We should write a paper on large on cities. Ah, did you hear they're, they're tearing down the Leaning Tower of Pizza and they're putting a Whole Foods? You can't believe this shit these days. Oh, the wealthy. This is what the, the next triangle is saying. This is going to be... Is there they, should, they, they should do a movie like that. Yeah. I haven't seen like that aggressive, like a super aggressive, um, like political satire like like trying to I, I think it would play eastern european yeah really well sorry to bother you maybe mm. but not that much it's not about gentrification yeah, yeah. less no like, that is blind spotting socially speaking well I, did you see um the 40 year old version no but everybody's talking that's about that's a that's about a play about gentrification okay i thought you're for a second i thought you were a 40 year old version i was like what no not v- the version it's also about uh cultural it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. We're not, Anyways, we're not here about the great beauty. Old people. Old people. I'm it, sorry. We're having ours. Um, it's a man who's trying to contemplate uh, life and religion uh, in the oldest, re- one of the oldest religious cities on the planet, Rome. You know, because damn, that's where the Vatican is. And he's trying to figure out. He's like, why do people believe in this stuff? Because he's at the end of his life. You know, he's a he's an art critic, mm-hmm. so he. He, he's constantly viewing people sharing these pieces about their frustrations with life, the world, you know? Um, and he looks at people, you know, uh, who are, have great faith and they're like, why, why does that, like, what's going on here, you know? Like, why do they attach themselves to that yeah. for some, like, for their whole life, even to the very end? And... And it's also sort of about it, he goes out and lives a little, you know. He goes to clubs and he like he reconnects with old flames of his, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. And it's just a beautiful city about a uh, beautiful film in a beautiful city about that city itself reflecting like the mortality of the being, you know, because it is like this old city that was built upon religion and you know 
ancient culture and art and that's what drove people in you know early on and now it's like there's like italian clubs here you know there's art galleries and um you know uh visual arts no what's it called performance art shows in these in these ruins and stuff like that and he's just like what like why do people still believe in this and then it comes to a beautiful conclusion at the end Mm -hmm. which is something that i think about like all the time Mm -hmm. you know this this going up the stairs you know yeah amazing (laughs) yeah i can't wait for you to know (laughs) but but no yeah great beauty is really really special i remember what were, did were we asked to watch this for Italian? We were. My class? Yeah. Because it, it was like... No, you no, 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 no. It was... Um, you could pick oh, through some mom, films, films. And I remember I was like... Because uh, my dad loves Italian cinema. Mm-hmm. So I, I showed him this list. I'm like, which one should, we, should I watch? And he's like, let me show you The Great Beauty. I want to talk to Pacioni about this. Well, I'm right here. That was amazing. That's what he sounds like. like. It's yeah. not like... Wow, that is very I'm not trying to be mean. Time. That's just... No, yeah. That's, that's, what that's not a like. race thing. That was just a patchy alien. I loved him. He was great. No, he was amazing. He, he just sounded like an Italian person. I mean, I loved that's his other movie. Who? Paolo Sorrentino. Sorrentino, yeah. I loved that he's, guy. He's, that was great. He's such a great director. I feel like I was the only one to watch that movie. I watched it. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. And it has the, uh, the main guy in it. He's the the main guy in The Great Beauty is the dad in uh, The Hand of God. Yeah. Anyways. Ethan, you were talking, like, throughout your, like, dissection of this movie, you were talking about the, like, the character's relationship to Rome as a city. Yeah. And I actually never really, like, like, that was definitely a part of the film, but it wasn't, like, something that I focused too deeply on. Mm-hmm. In my case, I, felt, I thought it was more interesting from, like, um... For, like, in the sense of watching this person who, like, has lived this very lavish and debaucherous kind of, like, lifestyle. Yeah. Kind of, like, be confronted by, um, by, like, well, okay, there's an inciting incident where, like, he confronts something from his past. But in the larger context of the story, like, he goes through this journey of, like, rediscovering, I think, I feel like his, like... He kind of does. It's almost like a theme across these, like a lot many of these old people films that we've just been talking about, where there's always a bit where he, um, the character reconsolidates the way they feel about their past, their life. Yeah, and I think like, and yeah, that definitely ties into the your analysis of Rome, and maybe like how that city, like the story of that city, almost parallels this character. You know, but I put this Damn, with Ikiru. I put this with Ikiru because it is an old person who's still learning. You know, that's true. Because yeah, this person goes through a Cause, tra- transformative. Because he, he, he yeah, transform. Because he starts at the movies like, why, like, what is it with like human behavior? You know, when it comes to art, mm-hmm. when it comes to faith, he's like, it's he he, he can't. He's he won't. The, he won't put up with that. It, it. How absurd it is. You he's. Know? He's very much like a pragmatic logic kind of guy. Because he's a critic. By numbers. Guy. He's an. He's an analysis. You know. He analyzes yeah, art. Of and he's trying to analyze the art that is the human condition and life. Yeah. And you it's know. Like, and it's like I love that. By the end, it's like it's it's such it's almost like a trope, but it's like the character goes from, from from being from overthinking. <laughs> Yeah. To allowing themselves to, to feel. To, to feel. Rather I don't know than to what think. the thing was about that class. Why did I take that? 
It was compulsory. Because we were all taking it. Yeah. We were it's really, because like, like, we needed to. I remember to. we convinced you because we were like, all right, we got to take this. Uh, yeah, because it was for. It was for. Because we, we needed to. Yeah, we needed to fulfill that credit before 445, yeah. which we wanted to do next semester. So we just had to take Italian cinema at that point. Just like, man, like all the films in that class, with the exception of Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, I, I wasn't just saying. Did you watch Reality? No. Good. See, I missed. The See, good you ones. didn't watch the good ones. That's, that's your fault. That's an accident. How was I supposed to know? Yeah. Everybody says the Conformist is good. Do you remember like? Just no, okay. I didn't Do you remember the seduction of Mimi? Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> that movie sucked. Okay, <laughs> what was the man who will come or whatever? I think that's oh, just what yeah, it's called. The man, man who, who will come. come. All right, let me <laughs> let me break down the best ones uh, that we watched. I have a list of mm. all. Okay, so this movie reality was good. I only had eight. Uh, Fistful of dollars. Yeah, but that's like. Did you watch La Strada? No. Did you watch? Wait, did you guys watch Eight and a Half for that class? No, I, but I'd seen it, but I'm not a big fan of Eight and Mama Half. Roma? Did I'm not that big on I don't like Fellini that much. I hope that's not too hot of a no. take. But I feel like a lot of people don't like Fellini. No, I didn't even. I didn't watch that one. You didn't watch a Divorce Italian style? That no. movie was funny. See, I saw all these. I saw this. And that, these all turned me off. See, you, you watched all the bad ones. I didn't bro. know. How was that? Was this the one with the. the yeah. ma- this is the first one we watched. And that was the hardest one to find. That was. I remember we had to go to like a pirated website to to watch that movie because the, our professor was like, "Oh, the nobody has this movie. It doesn't." We thought it was like, "Oh, like it was the wrong movie." But wait, yeah. weren't we like one of the first like twenty people on Letterboxd to log it? Oh yeah, let's yeah. I feel like it doesn't. I I we were only twenty four people have <laughs> logged this movie, and most of them are from our class. I yeah, assume. I think it's 2018, 2019. Yeah, it's the, the best. I remember the best sisters were there. This yeah. is absolutely Samantha Young. Yeah, this is probably the rarest Mason. film credit you will ever have. Yeah, that isn't like a student film or short film. That is an no offense, an actual like movie. Right, uh-huh. because you, everybody starts somewhere, but like an actual feature length studio movie, like it's the hardest thing to find. This ain't, this ain't yeah. finding Jesus. Yeah, you know? this ain't. Buddy bot. Those are hard to find in general. Yeah, no, yeah. Cool. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> I like that movie. Hey, you worked on that project too. Uh, yeah, not. and not you. <laughs> I worked on it, and I didn't get everybody COVID. I just wanted. To <laughs> yeah, Joey. If if someone tells you about the production of Buddy Bot and how there was uh, a COVID out. All right. Uh, sorry about that. I had to. Um, I had to stop my rant and. I just want to apologize to the crew of BuddyBot. Even though I didn't give everybody COVID. I just want to say that. All right? I didn't do it. Everyone thought it was me, but it wasn't. And I swear this on my life. Okay. Okay. But anyways, that's the great beauty. Um, Anybody got any other movies you want to throw in? We're wrapping up here. We're like at an uh, hour. I'll do some quick uh, audible mentions. Yeah. Um, Okay. Number one. uh, X. I've oh, never seen that. I've never seen what they do. What they do in that movie. Oh my god, you're right. X, good old person. Um, I'm glad they didn't it. The farewell. Oh movie. yeah. And um, another one is uh, Brandon Cedars. I don't think Ethan has Danny DeVito's directorial debut, Curmudgeons. It's a short film, but they, it's on Letterbox. It is on Letterbox. And that, so that's the rules. If it's on Letterbox, yeah, that's a great short film. I really like that one. All right. Any other mentions, guys? Um. Hmm. Poop. Poop. No, wait. Uh, I have, uh, this is an old director. It's like one of those semi-autobiographical movies about themselves. It is uh, Pain and Glory. 
Oh, oh yeah. That movie is good. Oh yeah. my God. With the outtoning showing us the old person. Yeah. Um, I have On Golden Pond again. God damn it. <laughs> Henry Fonda, Catherine Hepburn, you know, yeah. they're old. And they're on. Um, Amore, the Michael Haneke movie from 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just about like an elderly couple on their last, one of their last days, and it's so sad. So sad. Um, Harold and Maude. Harold and Kumar. Well, <laughs> <No? laughs> yeah, Harold and Maude looking back on life and romance and looking forward to mortality and death in the most happy way possible. Uh, can't go without saying Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Of course. <laughs> Someone had to bring up like... That's true. Okay, bring... <laughs> he's old at the beginning, he's old at the end, but in two different ways. You mm. have this thing where you like movies where like characters get older, get aged up, aged down, or like some fun twist. I like... Like you like Benjamin Button, you love, you like Big, you also like Jack. But I also like it when it happens... Who doesn't like Big? Though? I like it's it true. when it happens really slowly too, where it's like... So Benjamin Button... Yeah, no, no, well, yeah, I guess. I, a m- movie that's like six hours, like Best of Youth, we bring back that Italian Youth! Does that movie have that same? It's the just one good Italian Okay, they go from being like you. teenagers, the young adults, to being adults. And I love movies where you can see somebody's whole life or like a large portion of their life because it's compelling to see the world change around them mm. and to see them change. And there's lots of change that's happening, and that's exciting. And aging is really interesting to me as yeah. a concept. I'd throw in uh, Royal Tenenbaums as well. That, that is kind of an old. I have movie. one more, and okay. I don't know. If, I don't think either of you have seen it. Uh, I caught it on Shutter when I had a free trial for a week, and I watched a bunch of their horror movies. But one of them stuck out. It was a unreleased experimental film from George Romero called The Amusement Park. That is that where his like head is a carousel? Like? Yeah, the, on the poster. Yeah. Uh, it's not that it doesn't actually. It's just an old guy who's walking through a park, and he's dealing with elder abuse and people like making fun of him while he's also unable to participate in any of the attractions is like like uncomfortable with all the loud noise going out. So you, it really puts you in the head of an old person and it's psychological exploration. It's so different because I feel like every movie we've talked about to a certain extent has like a bittersweet or sweet message about getting old. Yeah. But this is like the darkest, like saddest one. Ugh. Because it's like, oh, like this is what happens when you grow old and it's so sad and there's not a lot of good, you know? The yeah. rest are like, oh, like, coming to terms with mortality and like, okay, it's good to die. Or it's good to die. <laughs> good to pass on what... It's great to die. Uh, to pass on what's what could be what the future, what could be in the future. And yeah. I think that's really good. That is really good. But then it's like a complete opposite juxtaposition, which is also really good. So we like that. We do like that. All right, well, those are our picks and I think... I think to end off this show, I'm going to I'm going to introduce a new top, a new way to end it. What did we learn? Hmm? What did we learn this episode? Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, I thought it was okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait. Tell me one thing you learned this episode. It could be about anything. Learned. What did you learn this episode? Not to literally anything. I I'm going to I'll share my first thing <laughs> that I learned this episode. I learned that the Expendables in Red came out the same year. They both came out in 2010. That's what I learned. I learned. <laughs> I learned. What'd you learn? That's a terrible idea. Just this is a great idea. Uh, What'd you it's, learn? It's a terrible... Uh, I learned not to touch the phone when it's recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> that, that counts. That happened during and the And I episode. learned that what's been going on in Italy is gentrification. We need to stop it right now. <laughs> yeah. Stop building over all the ruins. 
Actually, never just, tell, never tear down a building ever again. Just move. You've just, got space. Just move. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> What'd you learn, Chris? What'd you learn this episode? Uh, you telling me you learned nothing? You knew everything. I knew all of it. Why? Predetermined? What do you think? Uh, he's somewhat of a fatalist. <laughs> all right, he didn't learn shit. <laughs> uh, if you learned anything, let us know in the comments. What'd you learn this episode? It could have been something you learned while listening this episode. Doesn't have to be about this episode. I mean, in all so days. you could be like scrolling on the internet and be like, "Hey, I learned this while listening." You know, yeah. it doesn't have to do the episode. Just tell me, what did you learn? And if you didn't, R.I.P. Man. Because I feel like you know, old people movies—they're <laughs> all about learning something. Well, that's every movie, really. Shit, and that's why we record this podcast. <laughs> Let's go. Jeez, brother, come here.